Hi, and welcome to Fantasy Football Wives. I'm Anya, lifelong Spurs supporter, unfortunately married to an Arsenal fan. And I'm Sarah, a Man City fan, and I'm fortunately married a United fan. So it's our first episode after the season kicked off last weekend. It was a great weekend. And we'll be discussing what happened in Good Week, Bad Week, followed by what our top tips are for Game Week 2. And then, of course, we'll have our guest on, which this week is my husband, the Arsenal fan. So, uh, Sarah, it means you get the opportunity to mock him for beating them at the weekend. Where did you watch the match? I actually watched the match in the car on the way home from the Edinburgh Fringe. I managed to get a little bit of pieces of the football over the weekend in between shows, but I did actually meet someone really interesting and uh, saw a really interesting show at the Fringe, which if you've seen our Twitter, his name is Jeremy Nicholas, and he was the FIFA stadium announcer for over 11 years, and he was also the West Ham stadium announcer. I watched his show, which was great, about time as a BBC um, sports journalist. And I got him to settle something for us. You can t- check the video on our social feeds. But I thought he would be someone that knows how to pronounce our friend Marco's name. <laughs> Hi, it's Jeremy Nicholas, former stadium announcer at West Ham and also voice on the FIFA video games. And just a message for the fantasy football wives. The West Ham player is pronounced Marco Arnautovic. Are now to pitch. Thank you very much. Let's just say one of us was wrong. Again. Again. <laughs> I think this is going to become a thing, isn't it? Every weekend you're going to have tracked down a player or somebody that knows a player so that they can pronounce their name correctly. I think it should become my mission. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to Good Week, Bad Week. So welcome back to Good Week, Bad Week. So our first Good Week is for newly promoted Wolves midfielder Ruben Neves. He's currently the top transfer after a stunning free kick uh, against Everton and then a great assist as well for their second goal, uh, which gave Wolves their first point back in the Premier League. He had the most passes in the game and he's definitely one to watch. Although, not sure if you saw this, Sarah, but... The free kick that he converted, it was about five metres away from where the foul happened. So the referee wasn't doing a very good job, but we'll let him off. He had a great game. And as I said, currently most transferred in player for game week two. The other good week goes to Liverpool. So Salah, Sadio Mane and Sturridge, they all scored in 4-0 win against West Ham. No surprises there, really. Sturridge perhaps has been overlooked as one of the picks for fantasy football. And yet, if you look at stats, he was a player that had a really good preseason. So that could be one to watch as well. You've got a really good week story, don't you? Yeah, so a non-FPL story, but a good week in football. So Blackburn Rovers made history this week with their first referee mascot. And even better than that, it was a female referee mascot. So 15-year-old Ellie Mayer wants to be a match official when she grows up and she's undertaking her refereeing qualifications at the moment. So Blackburn invited her to shadow the officials during the game um, on Saturday, kind of get some experience in the thick of it, which I think is such a great initiative and hopefully it could mean the start of more female referees. Maybe one day we'll see uh, females uh, officiating the sport. Can you imagine that? 
Yeah, I can. I, I think it's a great initiative. And I actually learned a lot by reading that article, how they communicate with each other, the four refs. I didn't realise that there was something inside the flags. Did you? No, I didn't actually. One of the thoughts I did have about female referees is it would change the game in some respect to how the players treat the referees. We saw a number of occasions during the World Cup where, you know, Ronaldo was practically spitting on the ref and squaring up to him and that's not unusual or unheard of. I wonder having a female officiating the game, would it change the players' behaviour? Yeah, potentially. I still think VAR is going to be the future of refereeing, artificial intelligence. Well, did you see the goal this weekend that was allowed by nine millimetres? Of course I did, Sarah. I was like, am I celebrating? Am I not celebrating? I actually, even for about a minute, was like, did Vertonghen actually score that? Because I couldn't really see. But yeah, I did see it. And, and great that we've got that goal line technology now to make those type of decisions. So on to bad week, Anya. Well, after my Spurs win, we go on to bad week. So bad week for Phil Jagielka, who got the first red card of the season for a sloppy challenge, uh, which gave Wolves that free kick that they went on to score. The one that I said was actually about five metres closer to the goal than where the foul happened. Uh, It was a bit of a shame because he was actually having a good game up until then. Uh, And the commentators say, you know, despite being in his mid-30s, he's obviously one of their principal players, one of the main defenders for Everton. And it was just sloppy. And I'm not sure if it was really a red. Annoyingly, he's on my team. But he was on your bench, right? He was on my bench. uh, But I had planned for him to play, obviously, in game week two, where Everton faced Southampton. And I can't use him. So uh, that's annoying for me. (laughs) And last bad week uh, is a silly one, um, but bad week for the Tottenham team. I don't know if you've seen this video going around, but everyone's trying to copy the Deli Alley celebration that he does with his hand and no one can do it. What is he even doing? I've watched it a million times and no one can do it. So I challenge you, Anya, after we've recorded this podcast to film yourself on our Instagram stories trying to do it and I will do the same. (laughs) Do you think I haven't already tried? (laughs) You've been (laughs) practising. I've been practising both hands. I just can't do it. So for people that haven't seen it, Deli Ali somehow has his three fingers, the third, fourth and fifth finger, flat against his head and then is doing a circle over his eye. But it's impossible to do that. I'm trying it now. This is great podcast um, material. I'm trying it now. I'm failing. But we'll link the video the show notes so you can see it. And let's have a go later. If you're driving the car whilst listening to the podcast, I advise you not to try this. Start doing it. So that was this week's Good Week, Bad Week. So welcome back to part two, which is all about fantasy football. Uh, Later on, we'll be speaking to an Arsenal fan and also my husband, uh, Nick. But first of all, we need to settle, well, we need to inform everyone who won between Sarah and I on uh, fantasy football this weekend. Background here, one of the reasons that Anya and I started this podcast is because we get extremely competitive at fantasy football and so during the podcast over the over the year we're not just competing with everyone in our league but there is going to be a strong competition between each other <laughs> and who does best now I always lose to Anya I've probably beaten her twice ever 
Um, but hopefully all my um, training during our pre-season is going to help me this year. And your help from the Twitter community. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. So should we put everyone out of their misery and tell everyone who won? So this week, it was a draw. Can't believe it. I cannot believe it. One all in our first week. And I tell you and I tell you what, Sarah, I I have an issue, and this probably will come up repeatedly over the podcast during the season. I have an issue with bonus points because Stones, who you have, got two bonus points. And Bernardo Silva, who scored a goal, didn't get any. And on top of that, he got man of the match. And on top of that was the player that covered the most ground out of any other player during the whole weekend. So I've got an issue. But bonus points aren't subjective, Anya. There's a formula. I understand. But how can Stones, who just got a clean sheet and obviously did something like block shots, get two bonus points and Silver, who scored a goal and got man of the match, and as I said, covered the most ground, didn't get anything. Anyway, I feel slighted by that. I feel slighted by that. I think you were lucky with bonus points. Just before the City game, we were texting. I only had five points to catch up to beat Anya, but had many more players playing than she did. And she almost admitted defeat. And then I said, you never know. Silva could score a hat-trick. Aguero could not play. Kevin De Bruyne could not play. And in the end, yeah, I only recovered very few points. And she went on to win it. You know what? Side note. I think Pep Guardiola knows all about fancy football and he's having a laugh. He took <laughs> off on 59 minutes, <laughs> exactly. Zamara's only got one point. And then he put Sane on with two minutes to go. He's having an absolute joke. He's done it before. I'm sure he's taken a piss out of it. <laughs> Both finished on 66 points. Who was your best choice for the last game week? So my best choice was actually Richarlison, which was a late ad for me. So I'm pretty pleased with that. Just wish I'd captained him, but I would never have thought to have done that. <laughs> so he was your best choice. Who was your worst choice? My worst choice was De Bruyne. I was convinced he was going to start, even convinced he was going to do something when he came on. And he nearly did. The I wish Aguero had passed that ball to him rather than trying to get it in himself because I had both Aguero and De Bruyne. He racked up zero points, which is why you probably overtook me. Well, didn't overtake me. You drew with me in that last match. Who was your best choice? So I was just going to say for both of us, because at one point in our draft, we both had Kante and then we both took him out because everyone was saying, including myself, I hold my hands up to this, everyone was saying he's not really an attacking midfielder. And then he went on to score their first goal. And he's only £5 million. Yeah, that might have been a mistake. I switched him out for Alexander-Arnold, who got five points. But yeah, I should not have listened. So my best player was Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's a Crystal Palace defender. He got a clean sheet and an assist. He cost £4 million. He's actually just gone up to 4.1. But I was laughing because I didn't even know who he was. I just knew he was the cheapest defender at Crystal Palace that was going to start. And he got more points than my like 27 million that I spent on my three Spurs players. So uh, he was he was a great shout. And then probably my worst pick was Murphy. He's um, He had a really good preseason at Cardiff. And I thought, oh, is he going to be that Pascal Gross 
of uh, of the season and he didn't even start. So I've actually already transferred him out and brought in Kante because I thought it, they both cost five million. I might as well bring Kante in now and and have a Chelsea midfielder in the mix. So yes, I've already used my transfer. Have you used your transfer? I think I'm going to hold on to mine actually. I might be plotting a two-step transfer to replace Stones with Mendy, but I need to, you know, move out a City player, do a bit of shaking around to do that. So I don't think I'm going to do anything. Although I could change my mind at the last minute because obviously at the moment it looks like Richardson is injured Mm. and my bench isn't strong. Mm. Um, so I do think, though, it is funny that I think my week at 66 points was a good week, whereas I think you're a little bit disappointed. Am I right? Yeah, very frustrated. But mainly at my Spurs players, where I broke rule number one and played with my heart. But I'm keeping them all in for next week because they're playing Fulham. And I think Kane, and I've said this a couple of times, I think Kane is going to score against Fulham. So I think he's going to score. I'm, I'm even tempted to captain him. Are we going to have to get you some more humble pie next week, Anya? <laughs> I think and I hope a different two, I know. So speaking of captains uh, for next game week, who are you thinking? Well, the big debate on Twitter is Aguero or Salah. Both teams have a pretty easy draw. Um, yeah, they do. I mean, City definitely does against Huddersfield. I just Is Aguero even going to start, though? So Salah... I mean, he's he's probably going to be the most popular pick. But after Liverpool, Crystal Palace had the second best defence record at the end of last season. And they look pretty good. So I'm not sure we're going to be seeing a 4-0 win over Palace. It might be a lot closer than people think. I think I might just keep an eye on City team news during the week and make a last-minute decision on Saturday morning. Yeah, I think I think captaining someone on the City team is a good idea. Maybe Mendy, if you bring him in. Yeah, so there are eight players that have already gone up in price by 0.1 million. Mendy's one of them. Neves from Wolves, he's another. The Crystal Palace defender, I didn't know the name of. Juan Bissaka, he's also gone up. And Luke is another one that's gone up, which I could not believe um, on Friday night how many people had triple captains of Luke Shaw. I just can't understand how you get round to that thinking on a Friday night preparing your team. I know, I'll triple captain Luke Shaw. But it was probably someone that's playing fantasy football for the first time. And Luke Shaw's probably like their favourite player. These people were top of the global league that had triple captained Luke Shaw. It was mad. I guess they were also banking on a a United clean sheet, which, lol, (laughs) thanks Vardy, didn't happen. No, but Vardy, your favourite forward... He's, by the way, someone that could also be captain for next uh, weekend because they've got a okay-ish match against Wolves. So as I said, I may be tempted to go for the Kane. I saw that over 50,000 people have transferred him out. And this is the kind of game that if he performs in, you get a boost. But it's risky. If not, Ali or Ericsson for Spurs. Uh, because along with City maybe Leicester, maybe Newcastle. Those are the teams that have got the easiest fixtures this game week. Okay, well, let's see. I think some last-minute changes on Saturday. But, yeah, keeping up with team news and and let's see who we decide. And let's hope that I beat you. 
This week, we asked Twitter and Instagram if you've had any questions for us, and we're really happy to have four questions come in. So, Anya, I don't know if you've seen them, but I'll read them out to you. So, question number one, at Ains15 asks, at his price, is Kane really worth it? I want to go the whole season without him because of his ridiculous price. Do you think I'll finish in the top 100 of the world? So, I don't think you will finish in the top 100 of the world if you don't have Kane. Last year, he was the top scoring striker. And you have to take into account that people may captain him when he's had a really good week. It depends who you're going to have instead. I guess Aguero uh, or someone like Vardy. Uh, But I think it's too risky. I think Kane's form is going to come back and you need to have him in the team. I appreciate and I like your your ambition to, to try and go the whole season without him. Um, it'll be interesting to catch up with you at Ains15 later on and see if you um, if you give in at some point. Uh, second question, at KiwiNick underscore FPL, King, stick or twist? I think stick for now, but if you're going to switch to anybody in Bournemouth, obviously go for Callum Wilson. He is the penalty taker and he is, at the moment, half a million pounds cheaper. So stick for now, but if... He's only going to get two points again and Wilson performs. You know who to switch to and you're only going down in price versus up. Their questions from Instagram. It's from Happy Do Geneva. What are your team selection regrets for game week one? Not having Kante in instead of Murphy. Mine's similar. Then I switched out Kante. Uh, that was a regret. And the other one was that I did spend about five minutes trying to work out how to get Mendy in my team this week and then gave up because it's too hard. Um, and I wish I'd kind of persevered with the tinker in there. Okay, last question from at CJ Lyons. How do I overcome the sorrow of waiting months for my big comeback only to completely flop on game week one? So this was a phrase mentioned by Sarah and I via WhatsApp several times during the weekend. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It doesn't <laughs> matter where you are at the end of game week one. It matters where you are at the end end of game week 38 I should also ask my um my husband that um question as well given he had a massive flop um on game week one and he only got 39 points yeah my brother actually messaged me saying he's happy that he's ahead of your brother but I think he means husband um okay on to our league so we've got over 80 people in our league with a few more that are waiting to join in game week two so you can keep joining our league keep spreading the word we really like to get over 100 and we're almost there so our league's currently been led by the tinkerman who has 93 points but he's probably kicking himself as he had another 12 points on the bench but 93 points is a pretty good effort in game week one almost at 100 Okay, so that's the end of our FPL chat. Up next, we've got our guest. Hi, and welcome back to part three of Fantasy Football Wives, where we are joined by my husband, who is also an Arsenal fan, Nick Richmond. Hi, Nick. Hello. Hi, Nick. Nick and I are actually in separate places this evening. So, I think uh, it's a three country interview now. Yes, it is. Wow, we're international the UK, Switzerland, and uh, I believe in France. Yeah. So, Nick, uh, you are a big fan of our podcast, aren't you? Huge fan. 
you've been <laughs> dying to come on as a guest. So this is your moment. I'm quite I'm quite keen to share my thoughts on, you know, the Wenger Emery, you know, handover. And probably also to balance the uh, abuse that we give or Anya gives to Arsenal. <laughs> and that, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately, and I apologise to my dad on my wedding day, as a lifelong Spurs fan, I did the absolute worst thing and I married an Arsenal fan. But Nick, you were very close to being a Spurs fan. Do you want to tell everyone how you ended up being an Arsenal fan? Well, I didn't know this. Ah. So when I was growing up, Dad had maps of London that were drawn from balloons. And they're sort of like, you know, before Google Maps, you know, he had some bloke with a pen and paper up on the balloon. And I didn't, he wasn't really into football, my dad, um, but I was quite into it. And I'd met a guy uh, at school called Mark Mason, who uh, lived near Highbury. I decided that, you know, I quite wanted to be an Arsenal fan. But to confirm it, my dad took out a piece of string and measured the distance from our house to White Hart Lane and then to um, Highbury, as it was back then. (laughs) And uh, there was about three centimetres of string in it. Um, So I was about three centimetres away from being a a Tottenham fan. And that would have decided it, I think. So three centimetres further was White Hart Lane. Exactly, yeah. Wow. So I'm very it's like, the, uh, it's like the goal by nine millimetres. Yeah, exactly. I'm very, very lucky. Well, you were lucky because under Wenger, you guys won a lot of trophies. But in the last couple of years, it hasn't been so good. And Spurs have finished above Arsenal, haven't they, the last two years? Yeah, I think two two years in the last 22. Wow. Start as we mean to go on. Yeah. And how do you feel about Wenger out? And is it already Omri out? Well, I was a big Wenger fan. You know, he he was the manager of Arsenal since I was a you know small boy. So I've only really known uh, Wenger. I remember a bit of George Graham, but that was it. So for me, it was really Wenger. And I think that he said his biggest mistake was hanging on too long. Uh, you know, I think his biggest mistake was probably signing Franny Jeffers. And I think that <laughs> if he'd if he'd won if he'd beaten Atletico Madrid and won the UEFA Cup, I think he would have left on a high. And I think he was he kept reaching out for that and hoping that that would happen. Um, and it wasn't to be. So um, I guess he he did probably stay on a bit too long in the end. I'm going to turn the tables around. Yeah. Well, how did you feel when you found out Anya was not only a Spurs fan but a pretty diehard Spurs fan with a Spurs supporting family full of season tickets? So look, Kevin, her dad, is definitely a big Spurs fan, as is her brother Sam and Helena. Annie was never really into football um, that much. I remember when I first started playing fantasy football, she just felt left out and was <laughs> oh my goodness, and quite keen to play. Um, and we sort of begrudgingly let her into the. Into the- <laughs> Uh, it was only later we realised that she was going to be a lot, lot better than all of us and it got a bit annoying. Such a liar. I know, I can feel this might all be a bit of a story. <laughs> it's a good one, Nick. Yeah, that's true, it's true. Speaking of fantasy football, um, when was the last time you beat me? Uh, oh, I think it's, what, five years ago, I think. Longer, probably. Yeah, a long way. But last season you beat me by a point... 
And yeah. I started, I only had 37 games because I didn't have my team ready in time. So I've, I have vouched that if I'd had 38 games, I would have beaten you. But I did have a baby, our baby, in the middle of that. That's a really good excuse. So since we recorded the majority of the podcast this morning and recording this interview this evening, there's been some massive news um, in Premier League. For you. For me, personally, as a Man City fan, it's huge um it looks like Kevin De Bruyne has picked up an injury um to his knee that people are saying is as bad as the knee injury picked up against Everton in 2016 obviously that's going to affect my team I need to transfer him out have to make a comment that Will one of our previous guests who told me never to do transfers until Friday or Saturday keenly transferred him in on Monday (laughs) no that has to sort him out is it going to affect either of your teams no, because I chose Bernardo Silva because I was worried that he wasn't going to start on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. You know, at that match when you beat Arsenal? Oh, yeah, that one. We'll come on to that. Probably got a good shout having Bernardo Silva, given there'll be a gap. So are you two going to use your transfers and bring in another Man City midfielder? You should. So I've put, I've put a tweet out there of whether I should bring in Silva or Deli Ali. I thought Deli Ali looked pretty sharp compared to when he was playing for England, where he looked pretty unsharp. Uh, he seems to have got his mojo back for Spurs. City have got some easier fixtures. That would be my only comment. The only positive of this whole thing is transferring Kevin De Bruyne releases ten million, mm. um, which if I went for Deli Ali, he's nine, which will then give me another million to bring Mendy in in my two part transfer move um, and get rid of a City player. So that's the only um, silver lining that I can find. I'm in a bit of a pickle in my midfield because I I did what many Arsenal fans do and I put Ozil in. Um, (laughs) He's awful. And now I need to um, get rid of De Bruyne as well as Ozil. And I've already brought in Pereira, which is another one that I'm not quite sure of. Um, so I've used my free hit, so I might just have to wait a week for De Bruyne. And you don't have Salah. And I don't have Salah. I've got Firmino and Kane up front. Um, and also, and it also Richarlison's injured, it looks like. So I've got a bit of a pickle in my midfield. You might need to take a four-point hit there, Nick. Otherwise, it doesn't sound like you're going to have a very good week this week. No. Because I've got Wilshire, Pereira and Ozil in midfield. That's it. <laughs> Again, it's Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Well, that's right. Yeah. Wilshire, Wilshire's top quality player. You might want to think about taking a points penalty and sort your team out. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> Thanks. So, Nick, you know, with all of our guests, we like to play a word association game. It's now your turn. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Quick fire questions. First thing that comes to your mind Gareth Bale. Welsh. Wenger. Legend. White Hart Lane. Three points. Anya's dad. BBC News. Very good. Alex Ferguson. Angry. Ronaldo. Irritating. Aguero. Goalscorer. Anya's fantasy team. Probably better than mine. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Well said. Let's see. So, Nick, before we go into a fun fact, and I have to tell you, just for you, I've made an Arsenal-themed fun fact. Oh, great. 
Well, I haven't actually, but there's a bit of Arsenal in it. Um, what do you think then of Emery and what are your hopes for Arsenal this season? Well, look, I think Emery got a lot of stick after the City game. Um, Sam Allardyce laid into him on on Sky Sports. Tony Adams laid into him. And I think it, it's a little bit unfair because they were saying, oh, you know, he's, he, you know, he played out from the back and he did a high press game and we lost against City. And I think most Arsenal fans probably, you know, if we'd beaten City, that would have been a massive bonus. I think most people expected us to, you know, draw at best. And I thought that um, he's been putting in this high press game and, you know, working off the ball. And to to suggest that he should stop doing that for his first proper game in charge and result to sort of, you know, ultra defensive tactics, um, I think was wrong. So I think he's he was right to stick by his guns. I think that we have to let Czech uh, step aside and let Bern, Bernard, without the A, Bernd Leno uh, come in. Um, I think we need to let uh, Torreira has to start for me ahead of Chaka. Um, and I think that uh, Liechtensteiner, I'd love to see Liechtensteiner, Liechtensteiner ahead of, uh, not the country, the player, ahead of, um, ahead of Bellerin, honestly, because until Bellerin learns how to defend, um, I think we should have a defender in his position. Do you know all I've heard in that is I think we need to Sarah needs to find those players and get them to pronounce their names correctly. I'm pretty sure you got quite a few of them wrong. Okay, uh, mission accepted. Where do you think Arsenal are going to finish? I th- Best bet. I think we're going to get a lot better. We already beat Chelsea in pre-season, so I, I've, I, I'm much more optimistic about the game on Saturday. Um, I think we can push. I think we. It's got to be top four. It's got to be the classic Arsenal target of top four. I think that's what we've got to go for, and a good run in UEFA in the uh, in European competition. Europa, yeah, not Champions League where Sarah and my teams are. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Europa nowadays. Yeah. Well, I always end the episode on a fun fact, and mine has been inspired by Arsene Wenger, who was at Arsenal for 22 years. But I want you guys to tell me, how many years was the longest-serving manager of a single football team? Premier League? No. Hmm. Are we we talking uh, the the Falklands Islands? (laughs) <laughs> Again, or... uh, uh, no, we're talking actually Auxerre in France. Uh, it was a team that went on to win the league four times and it's produced some fantastic uh, players, including Eric Cantona. And I will give away the, the manager's name. It was Guy Rue. How many years was he at Auxerre for as the manager? 37. 40? 40, yeah, 40 years. Nick is closer. It was 44 years. Oh, but we weren't far off. You weren't far. So his career actually spanned 53 years because he began there as a player in 1952 and then stayed on to be the manager. And as I said, got the club promoted to League One, won the French Cup final four times. And it became a a team which um, grew some fantastic players, including Eric Cantona and Laurent Blanc. There we go. Awesome. Time for me to go to bed. And on that note. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, good night, Nick. Um, (laughs) 
Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in to listen. If you have any questions you want us to answer in next week's podcast, please tweet them or leave them on Instagram for us. Thank you for all the reviews on iTunes and all the ratings. If you haven't done that so far, we'd really, really appreciate it as it helps other people discover our podcast. Instead of launching our podcast on a Monday, we're actually going to launch it on a Thursday so that it's hot and ready for you to do your transfers and get ready for game week um, coming up. So you can expect next week's podcast about game week two and preview of game week three next Thursday. Bye, Anya. Thanks, Nick. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Bye Nick. Bye. Good night. This podcast is brought to you by Fury and Sports. Rion Joseph is a Furian Sport next generation athlete and rugby player who this season will be playing on the wing for Eagle Trailfinders Academy. We wish him a great season ahead and thanks to Furian for sponsoring this podcast.